and welcome to Sounds from the 70s with Gary and Rob. And tonight, or today, <laughs> the part of Rob will be played by Shuggy. Shuggy. And uh, we are coming to you, as always, from the, no, go to the street over, this can't be it, Winchester building. It's going to In the fun. downtown metropolis area. And today, Shuggy, uh, Rob, we are in... <laughs> We are in week two. <laughs> that was on purpose, by the way. It sounded, that was such good acting. It sounded like I screwed up, but it's on purpose. It was real. Yeah. I never know. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good actor. I never know. We are in week two of our four-week uh, celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Woodstock Festival. Hey, man, got a joint. And uh, of 1969, <laughs> that's my uh, Woodstock interpretation, my, my impersonation right there. Hey, man, you got a joint? Mine's, oh, don't take the brown acid. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, topical and relevant. Or, here's a topical one for today's show. Hey, when's Country Joe going to come on, man? Oh, it's topical for today. Yeah, because we're going to review the 1977 album Reunion by Country Joe and the Fish. It's a good album to review because it's an album. And it's going to be reviewed. Um, of course, that album is not... Country Joe and the Fish is not to be confused with our producer, Uptown Mike's 1993 kids show, Uncle Mike and a Really Big Salmon. <laughs> Even though that was a good show. That was a good show. got cancelled after three episodes. <laughs> because once the kids saw the Really Big Salmon, yeah. uh, there was really not much. Or a, a conflict between cast members. <laughs> well, let's leave it. The police told me to leave it at that. Let's just say uh, Uptown Mike uh, did about as much work on that show as he does on this. <laughs> Which, by the way, Uptown Mike is gone for his second week of vacation, which is good because I don't think he would really be digging that we're actually doing the show during the day this week. Free reign. We don't want, oh, oh free reign. Free reign. As in R-E-I-D. Yeah, I don't want free reign. We got uh, plenty of rain. It's free. <laughs> it's free. I've never heard anybody charging for rain. But anyways, <laughs> oh, you know what they used to? Used to have the rainmakers, and they'd come around, and, and they'd uh, come around when there was a drought. They'd and pass they would, the hat, depend. They'd get uh, depending on whether it rained or not. And yeah, so uh, I take that back, audience who was thinking that <laughs> there you that rain is free. Sometimes it's not. I could be a rainmaker. Uh, now I've lost myself here because I've been improv. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike is somewhere in the world. We don't know where he's taking his vacation. So watch yourself, ladies. And guys, depending on how Mike feels that day. Lock your back doors wherever you are. Yeah. And especially your back doors. Do you want to explain why we're doing the show uh, during the day and not at night like we always do? Well, there's been troubles at work. Yeah. That's all I can say. He's avoiding the boss's son. <laughs> a little bit of uh, night work will do me good. <laughs> about uh, three or four weeks of it. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be doing about, what, three weeks, three more weeks of uh, daytime shows? It's weird having light filtering through the uh, the canvas screen. The canvas screen here on the fourth floor of the uh, Winchester building. A little sooty. Some you know what? That's here. another thing. That's another thing. Uh, driving here that thing to happened. the Winchester building, there's a different <clears throat> amounts of traffic than at nighttime. Yeah, it's aggravating. It is. I'm going to work right when school's getting out. 
I'm going to the schools and the schools. <laughs> no. I just, I just, I just park outside the schools when they get out. The sidewalks are <laughs> clogged with children. Clogged. Yeah. Clogged, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> see, that's about as close to a rant as you've ever come on. Uh, and he said, oh yeah, we so we come in the early afternoon. Did you notice that we were getting really strange looks from the people inside the building because they don't yeah. really want us here during the day. It's, it's like, They're like uh, oh, well, well, Rob, what are you cleaning right now? <laughs> they don't know you as Rob. They know you as Shuggy. <laughs> Shuggy and, uh, and Pistol Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but until that thing settled with the army and those AWOL charges, that's the way it's going to stay. <laughs> Uh, you know what we have right now is we have oh, we have a little bit of odds and ends as we do every week. Odds and ends. You know what I wanted to hear this week? I'll tell you is more Woodstock stories. I got Woodstock stories, but you got to be patient. Do you got uh, Do you got them coming out the wazoo? I got. I got. Can you hear these papers? That's a wazoo full of Woodstock stories. That's a stories. lot. Of, that's a lot of Woodstock stories. They'll be going over the next two weeks. I tell you. I tell you. So. Okay, uh, I regain my patience. But we have to do some odds and ends from previous shows that tying up loose ends is what it is, Rob. It's tying up loose ends from previous shows. If you feel the need, me, I just, uh, the past is the past. Let it go. But what's our loose ends? <laughs> uh, I'm well, curious. Now. We're getting some back talk, and I don't like back talk. I love back talk. Oh, do you? Okay, we should have a show called Back Talk. We used to have another podcast. It was a back talk. <laughs> <laughs> you guys stink. Uh, we don't like that kind of back talk. Give it to me straight. <laughs> so we're getting back talk about the movie Sorcerer again. It seems we can't leave the movie Sorcerer alone for some reason. People, leave it alone. So people are questioning the legend of Sorcerer dying at the box office because it was released on the same weekend as Star Wars. They say that that's oh, bullshit. Really? Yes, because Star Wars, they say... These are the Star Wars people. Okay. Say that the the movie was released on Wednesday, May twenty fifth, nineteen seventy seven. But you Star Wars geeks, <laughs> <laughs> that's why they have that uh, May the Fourth be with you every you know May, May the Fourth May the 4th. because it was released in May. But it was released to thirty two freaking theaters. Throughout North America, it was like... There's more than 32. <laughs> there's like a million 32. <laughs> so... <laughs> 32 per city, man. 32. Like, there's there's more in uh, probably Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got more than 32 theaters in Manhattan alone. So, the point is, it was released all over North America... On Friday, June 24th, the same day as Sorcerer. Bing a boom. Thank you. Uh, All right. The yeah, legend is the people legend. People had heard about it for two or three weeks. They'd heard about Star Wars, and uh, now everyone was raring to see it, and uh, nobody was raring to see Sorcerer. That's, that's all true. <laughs> <laughs> there were actually uh, lineups in the, in the selected cities for every day for a month before it actually opened up nationwide. And then Sorcerer, of course, 
Can you imagine? You you spend like I don't know two years. Yeah, on a movie, and you know it's a good movie. And you said excellent movie, and 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 then you release it the same day as one of the uh, not only one of the greatest movies ever made, but a movie that revolutionizes the whole industry and changes the whole game plan. And it's like, but what about my movie? <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. And you know you don't. Well, actually, no. I guess they would have seen it coming. Could they have delayed the release? Would it have mattered? I don't. I I actually don't think it would have mattered too much. It might have. It might have made more business, like a little bit. Yeah, you'd have to but wait the, nine the, months to a year after Star Wars begins to die down a bit. Yeah, and I think they were in big trouble with the title, yeah. which we mentioned before in the show. Yeah, uh, there's no sorcerer in that. Uh, we it still yeah it still took us like forty years to figure out what the <laughs> was. <laughs> I but, didn't even you know. know. I watched the movie like three times and I never knew until I checked it on <laughs> the internet why it was called Sorcerer. For the mental pictures I was having before I saw the movie while I was listening to the Tangerine Dream soundtrack, it was like uh, a bunch of Yes album covers and. <laughs> Yes. I didn't even understand. Wow, that. man, it's going to be so medieval. There's going to be sword fights and uh, Oh, yeah, like the album and... cover didn't really mean what the music was inside. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, when I listened to Tangerine Dream and just uh, oh, yeah, knew yeah, about the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I get it. Yeah, and yeah, I because... was thinking Sorcerer, yeah. Yeah, which you can. It's instrumental music. You can think whatever you like when you're listening to it. I guess you're allowed, but then after you see the movie, it's different. No, it is different. <laughs> it's like when you the music videos. Remember they used to say when the music videos came out that it would destroy your image of what the song is, which yeah. is kind of true. But after time, um, sometimes good videos uh, you kind of remember fondly, but the, a lot, yeah, you it wasn't like, the same as what you'd formed in your mind. Yeah, like Billy Squire dancing in his room. Yeah, <laughs> you can't get out, that out of your head. <laughs> So, oh, we have another one. I couldn't, I didn't write it down in the script because I couldn't remember it. And then I was trying to think, what was that other odd and end? Damn it. So, but I did remember it this morning, which was last week I'd spoken about uh, watching Woodstock the oh, yeah, reunion with, uh, in, in 1979 for the 10th anniversary. Remember that? And were you here last week? Well, yeah, I was vaguely here. And Rob just gave me a look like, what the hell are you talking about? And Jeff Bridges hosted, and I watched it. That was my first experience with Woodstock and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I went to go check just to make, well, I know I've seen it. People, yes, I even seen it on a Saturday TV night. Show. I even remember what night it was on. It was on a Saturday night, and I was at my parents' late. when I was, I was the only time you're allowed to stay up late. Well, it wasn't on late. <laughs> it was on like nine o'clock. It wasn't on like one o'clock in the morning. Although they used to have the midnight special midnight stuff special, like that on yeah. like one o'clock. So, but anyways, so I check just just for curiosity's sake. I checked like uh, Jeff Bridges um, I, on the IMDb website, which is the Internet Movie Database, and it makes no mention of this. And it makes no mention <laughs> of this. And I know I saw it, and like. IMDb is pretty good at uh, knowing every credit of every actor, director, or whatever. But I know I saw it, and uh, so. And then when I punched it in on the internet, there's like nothing about it, like nothing. But you know what? People, listen to me. 
I want you to listen to this carefully because this could be history in the making. I know how to find this because <laughs> I know that the 10th anniversary is around. I watched it in summertime because I know it, it would still be on the TV Times. It would still be in the TV Times. And since I have a subscription to newspaper.com, which I talked about a couple weeks ago on this show, so that it would help us do research. I can look in the summer of 1969 for the eight Saturdays, and I will find it, and I will bring the proof next week, and then everybody can go move on. <laughs> Why are we not private investigators? We should be. We should be <laughs> podcast private investigators, like we do a podcast. Uh, once people give week, us mysteries, and people give people people send us emails and say. Uh, my husband was a mu was a musician in the seventies, and I can't find him. Oh, we'll find. Can him. you tell us a little more uh, about him? Uh, <laughs> did he have a specific instrument he played, or did he play them all? Well, who cares? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'd say all the time. Uh, no, he's dead. So why investigate? <laughs> so uh, that is our odds and ends for this week. Ba -ba -ba -da -ba. Odds and ends. I wanted to join in there, but that was in the wrong. Time. I didn't watch. For some reason. Okay, so, so quickly, uh, I have so many Woodstock notes. Holy smokes! I was going to finish the uh, story of the thing. Listening to uh, WXPN on Philadelphia. Remember, I started. Oh, yeah, last yeah, week yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why about you got about a quarter of the way through it. Yeah, first day. Yeah, I got the first day through it, but I didn't really listen to the next days. And anyways, I'm doing this again with the French thing. Oh, did you find if anybody it? listened, if anybody listened last week, <laughs> I made I made uh, reference to this week. I would read the funny French uh, <laughs> review review of Woodstock, of Woodstock <laughs> which I did find and I did bring. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, what did I listen to? Uh, oh, the only thing of note that I listened to two things was that I haven't really heard before. I've heard most of these bands from Saturday and Sunday, as far as their sets are concerned. Except for, you know, well, maybe half of them. The other half I couldn't give a shit about. But uh, nobody knows this band. The Keith Hartley Band. Uh, I don't know. Knows. No, I didn't know about the band either. Well, I knew uh, by name because they played at Woodstock. But I've never heard a single note that they played. Very obscure band. But they were very good. They were kind of uh, R&B horns, but also rock. You know, like okay, not 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 full blown Chicago. <laughs> I was just gonna say that I don't mean <laughs> Chicago horns because Chicago horns are shit horns. I mean, <laughs> I mean like really R and B and and it was really good actually. And nobody has any um, footage. There are pictures. There are a couple of pictures of Keith Hartley band playing at Woodstock. There's no footage that I've ever seen. If, if somebody footage. if somebody can correct me on that, that's cool. Then I saw then I heard the band right after that, which was the Incredible String Band, which was really hippy dippy. <laughs> really strange, like English folk and uh really hippy dippy. And uh the best thing about the Incredible String Band is that one of the members, the singer Rose Simpson, uh, came on in a dress that was see-through. <laughs> Rocking, man. So there's great, if you look, if you look at, like, for the incredible string band and put in Woodstock, uh, you'll see her and you can see her, her boobs. And you can even see that the only thing that she's wearing 
underneath this see-through dress is her panties, which I think is yeah, is, that's excessive. We're not trying to be sexist here; we're just telling the truth. And if I think it's that's a very sixties thing, like not to wear a bra and to wear see-through, and I don't care. Yeah, I remember when uh, Jim Morrison pulled his dork out. They hold them away. I did that a couple times. Nobody did anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody arrested me. Okay. So You're we're going to put that to bed because because uh, I, I, I'm going to uh, talk for the next uh, couple weeks in our Woodstock thing about the French reviews because I love this. Now, this was written. Really over a couple weeks? I don't. I can't get to all of the artists, and I think I should get to every artist because every artist gets slapped. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we only have so much time, right? Like we have to actually review the album. So, <laughs> so what is this? Is is actually? Oh, it's from the author is Bora Bora. In case you're maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't know. M- maybe you don't know how it's pronounced. Well, I don't want to have. If he's still on the internet or whatever, I don't want anybody uh, bugging him or her. But I know it's a him because he's got a snooty French attitude like a guy (laughs) wearing a beret, carrying bread. And French chicks are hot. You know what? We could have a whole episode on how (laughs) French chicks are hot. The only woman... No, I won't finish that sentence. (laughs) I I have to live with people. Wait a second. Nobody knows who I am. The only women that you like to listen to talk. Ooh, I like that. Especially when they talk French and you can't understand them and you go, yeah. Yeah, oh. (laughs) Uh, So he wrote this in 2009. So that's on the 40th. I'd said that last week. I said, I think it was probably for the 40th anniversary of Woodstock. And it was. And uh, the funny thing is it's written in French, but it's translated into English. Maybe the translator is like some crazy guy. (laughs) So, well, no, this is a Google Translate. Oh, okay. So this is, it's even better because it's actually like right. It's not like a translator would translate and say, oh, well, that word means this. So I'm going to take that out. And like, you know how you would do that? You might get a bit of mystery. But they actually uh, translate the word, which might not exactly be the word that they should use. You know, I, I'm i not going to get into the complications. You trust this translator more than... Uh, no, you don't... Well, no. I, <laughs> Rob, I don't know. Okay, you don't trust the Google Translate because they translate literally, right? Okay, rather but than literally, the phrase means something. Yes, rather than... Yes. That, see, you yeah. got it now. The, 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 the expression or the sentence means something in French, and you have to translate to English to mean it the same thing, but there could be words in there that don't quite translate the same that's what i'm getting at and the human look how much time i wasted three minutes just describing (laughs) that alone thank you okay that's my job so let me uh hit us with the article yeah i'm going to get into the article uh uh so was this in the oh see i go from page one to page five rob where's page three this was the sort of thing we take five minutes before the show for you to organize. <laughs> Maybe I should have been there. Organized. You are fiddling I with your timekeeping device. Swear to God that this was in the right place until you messed it up earlier. Remember? <laughs> you can't... came in, came straight into the office, past all the reception areas, and the... <laughs> everybody going, "What are they doing here?" You haven't left it alone. Okay, I love this. Okay, Richie Havens came on first, right? Yeah, as we all know from last week. 
and uh, the, <laughs> the organizers asked him to kill time to allow the next ones, <laughs> the next ones, the next, the ones. next ones to arrive and put themselves in place. <laughs> so Sweetwater was stuck in traffic, which I had pointed out last week. Having a rather limited repertoire, <laughs> Havens extended his set with Beatles covers, which he did not really know the lyrics to. That's not true. <laughs> but that's funny. <laughs> and gained and gained more time improv 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 doing improvisation in the end the endless and repetitive freedom <laughs> and then it says <laughs> i swear to god people it says chic he farted a rope <laughs> now i'm i'm going to guess since it said right after that he said oh shit put a new one and start over that he broke a string which was the rope <laughs> and he had to put the string on and that took a lot of time uh so you have to do uh kind of translate for them because i don't think he meant first i think he, he broke meant, a rope he didn't mean chic he meant shit i <laughs> i broke a string but it came out as chic he farted a rope <laughs> <laughs> broke wind broke yeah this is weird um, I don't want to be a private investigator anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then Sweetwater came on, a group almost unknown at the time, and has since become totally unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, they're pissy over there. Holy smokes. I can get a mental picture of someone who is very pale and very clammy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, me too, eh? Who just sits there kind of like, oh, this is bullshit. Uh, their set was quite chaotic and unconvincing in the worst of ways. <laughs> okay, so he's not liking the the festival so far, but it's just it's just the first two acts, right? Maybe. So Bert Summer comes on next. Uh, <laughs> I'm just reading this, and it's like, oh my god. It's like folk artists known today only to specialists, which kind of means to idiots. <laughs> <laughs> to people who really are too obsessive about music and would actually know this guy. Uh, the show <laughs> said the show was apparently successful. I don't know because I didn't bother listening. To <laughs> I guess you can finish some of his sentences for me. <laughs> well, that's what he means. Holy smokes. Okay, so we're going to go to uh, Tim Harden was on next. Just like we did last week, right? We did the first day. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the first day review. <laughs> the first day review. So this is, if you went to the Woodstock, if you didn't go to the Woodstock Festival that weekend <laughs> and you had your French friend who did go to the festival tell you all about it, you, you would probably tough. think it was the worst concert ever. <laughs> You can be glad you missed it. You know what happened? Richie Havens came on and he farted a rope. <laughs> <laughs> How you say in English, you farted a rope? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim Harden came on, who I already said was quite horrendous last week because he was quite high. Uh, he just said a very bad show by a good artist. Comple I don't know what this means, completely cameo. 
I don't know what that means. The, the time of his show will be deported to elbow. Oh, the time of the show was is was delayed to allow him to come down from his heroin high, which is true. <laughs> he did do some investigating. Despite that, he was still uh, too high to play and sing properly. Well, that was actually true. Good for him. Good for you, uh, He's one Bora out of three. Bora. Hmm? He's one out of three. One out of three. <laughs> um... Oh, God, this is funny, Rob. Who was next? Yeah, this is, Ravi Shankar was on next. Uh, accustomed to festivals, the exotico, uh, esoteric uh, Ravi Shankar. Well, to be honest with you, we have no comment on his set since nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> the third, fourth act of the day was too unimportant to report. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even gonna talk about Ravi Shankar because then we'd have to listen to the music. <laughs> We're mostly commenting upon music and this this barely qualifies. So so far it's been about five acts and he hasn't liked any of them. <laughs> I'm sure he'll like one of them. So well my he'll favorite, have a favorite my favorite act coming up on the first day, Melanie. Fuck. <laughs> uh the are typical hippie. Play as plays as badly as she sings. <laughs> <laughs> she later explained that the organizers had their offices in the same <clears throat> building where it came from, and that's how they they scheduled her to another time in the festival, which they did because the incredible string band refused to play in the rain, so they got moved to the next day. Oh yeah, probably don't want their instruments uh, wet. And that's actually that's all they wrote. You know, so, I don't want to get my instrument wet. No, oh, who wants to get their instrument wet? <laughs> no, you're walking around with a wet instrument. Oh, but then again, if you have a shower, you want you would like to get your instrument wet. Jeez, I don't know. You never bring you never bring your instrument into the shower with you? Not so far. <laughs> don't want it wet. Okay. So we have just two more acts on the first day, and then we'll do this next week, but with day two. Arlo Guthrie. Pretty foolish. <laughs> <laughs> and already not super talented in the first place. <laughs> The son of Woody Guthrie made a mediocre set. I like made. Made a mediocre set. The only song to be rescued was the first one, which was coming into Los Angeles. But it was so ludicrous. <laughs> I like the word. It was so, because it doesn't fit with the sentences. Of music. But it was so ludicrous that the producers preferred to put on the record another version recorded in Los Angeles a few months later. <laughs> I wonder what their definition of ludicrous was. This this is so bad. I can't <laughs> I can't even imagine being anywhere. But let's use it for the soundtrack. Let's just record another version. It's so bad as to call it music would be ludicrous or ridiculous. <laughs> something to ridicule. <laughs> so he didn't like Arlo either. I like that. Pretty foolish. <laughs> and then the last act of the day before we move on here was Joan Baez uh, they loved her they loved her gave her a glowing review <laughs> better than Lewis and Lewis <laughs> um, okay sorry here it is Rob screwed up my uh, script again uh, <laughs> my job first star of the festival she's the first star <laughs> There's a couple of pretty, you know, big names in there, but she's the first, to them, it's the first star of the festival. Uh, oh, they liked it. Very good set for people who love this singer. 
<laughs> I'm sure people who enjoy that sort of thing probably would have enjoyed it because it seemed to be more of the same sort of thing that they enjoy. <laughs> okay, we'll have part two next next week. We'll have day two of what the what the Frenchman Bora Bora think of the of the Woodstock festival. <laughs> it's gonna be a heck of a festival. <laughs> I thought that the first act was ludicrous. You know, really? I'm glad I just saw the movie condensed into a three-hour version because uh, that didn't bother me too much. But uh, no, I, I wonder, the way he describes I it, Bora, I Bora. think I'd hate it. <laughs> sounds like a waste of time, Bora Bora. Sure was, and I even had my buddy with me. <laughs> so, a lot of French stereotypes in today's show. I like that. Yeah, we'll attack the Chinese next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, today's album, Shaggy, is uh, Reunion by Country Joe <laughs> and the Fish. I'm still getting used to Shaggy because I was like, didn't we do Shaggy? <laughs> <laughs> I got to stop that. Um, so, Country Joe and the Fish started uh, in Berkeley in 65 as uh, like a jug band. And you can tell by some of the, you can even tell by two of the songs on this album that the in when sixty five yeah as okay. that they were that they have jug band roots <clears throat> and then uh, and very political they did a lot of concerts for the free speech movement and uh, in Berkeley and uh, stuff like that very political very left wing if you don't know the band uh, and the name of the band well Country Joe. Uh, is for Country Joe McDonald, the one of the main songwriters and singers. Everybody knows Country Joe, but his name comes from uh, Joseph Stalin, who was called Country Joe during the as a uh, nickname during during the Second World War. I don't know if you actually called him Country Joe while you were in Joseph Stalin's presence, because <laughs> you might have then been dead man. <laughs> I mean, some of those secret leader meetings. <laughs> Excuse me, Country Joe. Um, <laughs> and the fish come. The fish was Barry Melton, who was the lead guitar player uh, in the band, and he wrote like the other half of the songs. And that comes. That nickname comes. That's it's it's, it's from a it's from a saying from Mao Zedong. See, they're very left wing. <laughs> very left wing. So uh, that's why that's why the band is called Country Joe and the Fish. It's actually, I mean, it is the name of the band, but it actually is like the two guys. Yeah, well, you know, when when you hear it, you think of uh, a bluegrass band from Kentucky, Country Joe and the Fish. Now <laughs> I, I know they're a bunch of hippies. I get the Country Joe thing, but I think when somebody throws in the fish, you're pretty well thinking, yeah, this is a, a, a psychedelic San Francisco band. <laughs> Maybe more from the coastal area. More in the coastal area. So anyways, they did move to... San Francisco, uh, once they got uh, signed to a record contract, one of the first bands, I think the second band from San Francisco to be signed to a, a major label, and then they released uh, their first album, Electric Music for the Mind and Body, which was actually a really, really good album, and then they released uh, I Feel Like I'm Fixing to Die in the same year, in late 1967, it was also really good. But they were always, I don't know, they were always, to me, they were a band that was always there as far as, oh, there's the Grateful Dead and there's the Jefferson Airplanes, Country Joe. So they were always in the conversation, 
but they were as far as i'm concerned they were always very i don't know they were kind of amateurish they didn't they didn't um they didn't and i'm talking about them in the 60s because we're going to review the album when they reunite because there's only two country joe and the fish albums in the 70s there's their last one in 1970 and this one when they reunited in 1977 so there wasn't much for me to pick on okay yeah i've done no background information whatsoever so well that's my job so uh so you don't have to do that but i'm gonna um just not this week so yeah i've always figured to me country joe and the fish has always been kind of uh and not i hate to say it but not a very talented band talented enough to get a record deal and you know and and but i've never never really liked their vocals uh uh their musicianship is pretty good but i don't know there's just something about them that was they had a lot of novelty songs like comic songs and it always was kind of a little bit too left-wing and political for my taste maybe that's why but they weren't really a band that you went oh man let's go see country joe and the fish it was more like an album you put on when you were pretty high i would, would think back in the day <laughs> yeah you were a high leftist high like leftist. i got i got something in common with these guys yeah these guys are going to change the world so they were always in the mix but i don't know they never sold a lot of albums like the dead or the, the airplane did or you know other san francisco bands but they became uh, a classic but they became like god you mentioned woodstock and people say yeah like country joe and the fish are on that and I, you know like you mentioned country joe and the fish and so many people know about them you know but I, I doubt pretty that, much where i know them from that's it yeah and that's you know and so people know about them but not a heck of a lot of people know any of their music and uh it's very time capsule i'll tell you right now it's 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 hard for me to listen to their 60s albums because they're very very of the time you know with the lead guitar playing and very psychedelicized and uh i haven't heard those two albums i will someday but you will and uh so anyways the funny thing about them getting back together was it's like when you're a band of kind of like mid-level stature like country joe and the fish and then you uh, come band you come back together and nobody gives a shit <laughs> this, this wasn't a, a really good professional band that was getting back together after seven years this was kind of a band that uh they were okay they were okay oh and they're getting back together that's nice uh, that's the kind of attitude i did not i, and I know them from that time i swear to god i know and i'm not toot my own horn but i know a lot about name bands anyways like bands that you've heard of i don't you know underground bands from the 60s 70s and 80s that you know that may have only had one hit single or whatever in detroit or whatever like that but i'm pretty good knowing everything about a huge amount of bands and artists and i obviously know a lot about country joe and the fish just just by reading and stuff i had no idea until about 10 years ago that they ever made a reunion album in 1977 because i saw it in the used record store and i decided to buy it because i thought wow like this must be a collector's item because i've never heard of it pretty good maybe they saved up all their good songs <laughs> for seven years exactly and... so i said i gotta hear this uh because i have never heard of this and i did background checks this week 
Couldn't find any reviews. There was nothing in Rolling Stone in 1977 about Country Joe and the Fish getting back together. There was no review of this album in Rolling Stone. And Rolling Stone's a San Francisco magazine. <laughs> and they wouldn't even review one of their own hometown bands. Maybe they wanted to disappear them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, maybe they just listened to it and said, Jeez, yeah, let's yeah. that's, that's not even waste space on this. But, you know, and that's the kind of reputation this this has uh, i looked at it i couldn't find any actual print reviews like actually saying how the album was but i came across a couple of star reviews and they're all like one star like all, all <laughs> music website gave it one star and and another thing gave it one star and i don't even know if they listen to it or they're just going on uh oh it's supposed to be bad because i never heard of it i mean this album was really unknown i mean if i didn't know about it for 10 20 30 over 30 years then I, I bet you a lot of people didn't know about it um it's, it's not as bad it's not as bad as a one star album no um there are it's got better playing on it that's uh... it's got better playing on it it uh, it sounds very up to date for 1970s which i like because their stuff in the 60s sounds very psychedelicized and really out of time and yeah, uh, the thing about that, I was listening to it, it does sound like that, but the, a lot of other bands at the time were doing the same thing at the same time and, and doing it better. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's so, my point. I think that's my point right there, is that when that, they were in San Francisco doing their stuff, um, they were doing a lot of what other people were doing, but other bands did it better. And that that's really what I was trying to say. And yet they had this reputation of being right up there with the other ones. But even even some other bands that weren't up there in that echelon did it better, in my opinion, <laughs> yes. than Country Joe and the Fish. I wrote down it's kind of it. It sounds like an album of filler with the with not a single catch on it. There's not a single thing to grab your. Oh, no, you know it's funny you say that because I've had this album I don't know about ten years, and I've listened to it quite a few times. I'd go back to it and say ah, oh, because I can maybe never there's something there. Remember. I can remember the first song, Come to the Reunion, because Come to the Reunion is actually it's a very you, you catchy song. from Country Joel. Yeah, first of all, it's not what you expect from them. It's very kind of upbeat and very 70s, and it's very, it's actually, it actually has a very catchy chorus, and I can remember that. I can remember it even now in my head how it goes. Other than that, I just listened to this album a couple of times this week, and I can't remember how many <laughs> other songs go, and I've probably listened to this album in, in 10 years, probably at least six times and I it, yeah. every time I listen to it I go well this isn't as bad as people say and then an hour later I can't remember anything about it <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a couple listens and uh, I wasn't really compelled the next morning to uh, to throw it on and, and re-listen to it that's I mean, another thing about it is that unlike like the Richie Havens yeah mixed bag too where you really kind of want to go back to it I uh, this is an album which is kind of uh, one you have to kind of go back to it with you know somebody with a gun to your head or something. <laughs> it's really not something you really. Well, want. I'm here on the desert island. Most of my albums got washed out to sea, but I still got uh, a few of these. Well, it was country Jonah. This didn't bug me. <laughs> I'm not gonna play it right now though. <laughs> There's a few of the songs that I kind of liked for the the lyrical content. I thought they were uh, lyrically pretty clever, but not great songs that uh, 
that are going to be remembered? I don't know. Pretty amateurish band. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, I agree with what you said. They're pretty songs are not memorable or, or, um, I don't know. It's, it's almost feeling like you're listening to a band that you wouldn't buy this album if, if it was a if if it wasn't a country Joe and the fish i wanted to hear that one novelty hit on it that one novelty hit that i would i would have made it all worthwhile it would have made a bit of it worthwhile (laughs) but um (laughs) yeah no i agree it's uh we're going to end our show really early today because i really have nothing to say about this album and i don't want to pinpoint any songs except come to the reunion which i think was uh pretty groovy man but other than that i'm gonna uh, pinpoint the one song thunderbird which i believe is a song praising the pterodactyl <laughs> was, was it praising the pterodactyl it was praising like the conservation of the of condor the, the condor i'm still i actually would have liked it if it was about the pterodactyl exactly our pterodactyl's great <laughs> um yeah uh I, th- this has to be one of our shortest reviews ever because I really have uh, not too much to say about this record other than probably this is going to sound harsh because it's it's not incredibly bad but it shouldn't have been made in the first place <laughs> like really I mean they had they didn't seem to have much to say like right. why didn't why didn't they just get together and uh, have a jam session in, uh, in uh, uh, a studio space or something like that instead of did somebody give them a contract and they have to go face their boss afterwards <laughs> well there's a few one star reviews well they're all one star reviews they're all one star reviews <laughs> no there was a bunch of factors that didn't make this album disappear they made it fail to appear you know i think i think um people will get the gist of how we feel about this album just by the length of the show. <laughs> show. Yeah. Let's get that out of here. And <laughs> the only other choice was their final album before they broke up in 1970. And that wasn't uh, much of a better choice either. To me. Were they fighting at the time? Uh, they're just, you know, they're just, <laughs> other than their first album, they're really just not my cup of tea. And I don't think they were a lot of people's cup of tea, even when they were together. I mean, that's why they didn't sell many albums. Way too. I mean, this album is not political. As you know, uh, it has. It's a very upbeat album, actually. But uh, no. I, I don't want. I don't want to hear politics. You know, through a whole album, especially really left wing or really right wing. I don't care about either one. I just, you know, when it's in the middle, like like when Dylan does it and he's saying this is wrong type of yeah. type of songs those are great and like stands Oaks, out with some objectivity with some objectivity and saying that this is wrong. when you go and you're just um like they would say you know uh lbj you son of a bitch you know like i don't <laughs> i don't want to hear that that's like that's like just um what do you call it election type of rhetoric like i like it doesn't mean anything like i oh let's stop the no and especially the fact that it's kind of time dependent and uh yes. once the time goes away uh it, it it doesn't mean as much that's why i say one of the 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 grease soundtrack listening to the lyrics i was had to imagine listening to them in 1967 rather than in 79 when they weren't as relevant as they uh they were and you mean the hair soundtrack the hair soundtrack that's yeah, it yeah yeah i agree with that one too okay well, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we have uh, 
we have a different. I, I think hopefully the next week we have. I can't say if it's. I'm not going to say. We don't know. Well, I do know, but <laughs> I can't say because then I'll mislead Rob. But uh, I can say that uh, it'll be better than this. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I, I feel much. no compulsion to give it any stars, <laughs> which is to say I'm not giving it a review. I'll give it a rating. You know what? I don't want to give it a rating either because I don't think it deserves a rating. <laughs> I'm not saying no stars. I'm just saying I have no stars to give. <laughs> I have no stars to give. I'm not even going to give it like no stars or, or one and a half stars because it's not terrible. It's just inconsequential to the point of not even giving a star. It is simply... <laughs> Failed to appear. <laughs> I think now I know why it never got reviewed in Rolling Stone. <laughs> okay, so we're done. Uh, one of our one of our <coughs> quickest shows ever. Although for you people out there, it probably seemed very long. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be back next week with another Woodstock band and uh, an album. Uh, maybe it's not a band. Maybe it's an artist. Who knows? Maybe I'm tripping you up. Maybe I'm playing with your heads. <laughs> Maybe next week will be all psychedelic. <laughs> so, uh, people, we'll talk to you next week. Good day. I just